Hello and welcome to Central Life Church and this is our podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message and we pray that it encourages you, inspires you and builds your faith. Enjoy the message. I heard a story recently of a pastor in America who had moved into a, uh, a town and there was a, a prison ministry in the town. He wanted to get involved and so they let him be involved. It was quite a large prison, so they, they invited him in and they took him in to the prison and they gave him the uh, criminally insane ward to minister in. He wasn't a confident pastor as far as prison ministry goes, but he they ushered him into this quite large room with obviously guards around the wall. And he said that when he got in the room, the stench almost choked him. And he thought to himself, what on earth am I doing here? But he tried to communicate with the people in the room, but there was just no hope at all. It, the, the, they were muttering, murmuring and blaspheming and doing all sorts of things and there was no way that he could actually communicate. And he said, God, what what do you, you brought me here? What do you want me to do? How can I communicate? And he said immediately the song from his childhood came up, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And he said he... He just started to sing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so, little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me, because the Bible tells me so. And he sang that over and over and over and over and over, right through the whole hour that he was actually in that room. He said there was a lot of screaming and yelling and blaspheming, especially when he mentioned the name of Jesus. But he continued. At the end of it, uh, there was no real response from the people at all. So they ushered him out and he came back the next time. I'm not sure of the length of time between the visits, but he came back and he did the same thing. He did it over and over and over, week after week after week. If he went back weekly, I'm not quite sure of the time frame. But he said eventually there became a settling in the room and then people who, guys who had not communicated at all, started to repeat the words of this children's hymn, Jesus loves me, this I know. And by the end of his ministry time, which I think was a a whole year, 12 months. He said most of those people in that room had become settled, fluent. Quite a few of them had moved out of the psych ward back into the general population. He said there was just one person in that room that would never respond or did never respond. But he was overwhelmed by this simple little song, Jesus loves me, this I know. Why? Because the Bible tells me so. And he has gone on actually to be quite a a force in the prison system, especially in, as you could realise, especially in and amongst the criminally insane. 
And I, I tell you this because I want you to really, really try and grasp this fact that God loves you. He loves you. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you have done. We have all got past. And it doesn't matter what you're ashamed of. God loves you. I want to read you from Isaiah 54, verse 10. It says, Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. He loves you. As a child of God, it does not matter what happens in your life. It doesn't matter what you do or do not do. He loves you. Your heavenly father loves you so deeply. And there is nothing that can change that. That's why one of the names is Emmanuel, God with us, God with you, constantly, continuously, doesn't matter where you go. I think it was David who said, though I go to the hills, you're there. If I go to the deepest valleys, you're there. If I go to the deepest oceans, you're there. He was saying, I really cannot get away from you, God. And that's the truth. You cannot get away from your loving heavenly father. There is nothing that you could do to make him love you more. And there is nothing you could ever do that would make him love you less. The extent of his love is so great that he sent his son to hang on the cross. I don't think we really can comprehend that with our little pea brain. I know we know it, but to try and comprehend the depth that of the love that God has for you and I is just immeasurable. Scripture says that he, he cut us out, he hewed us out, he brought us out of the miry clay, and miry clay is, is actually filthy clay that has been impregnated with rotting vegetation. That's how God saw you, loved you, and drew you out of. I know in my past, before I became a Christian, there are some things that I was very ashamed of. There were some things that I did that nobody needed to know about, nor did I want anybody to know about. And yet he came to that place where I was. He came and he, he hewed me out. He cut me out of that and made me his son. I am a son of God. You are sons of God. God makes us all sons, whether you're a girl or a boy or male or female. doesn't make any difference to him in the physical sense. He made us all sons of God. We belong to him, and he belongs to us. And he loves, he loves to love. He loves to love you where, you're, where you are, and he loves to pour his grace and his mercy out on, on you and on me to the point where sometimes I literally feel overwhelmed. And it's all to do with, with him, 
nothing to do with us, not how good I am. It's not whether or not I, I do things in the community or in my family or in the church that make me good so God can love me. It's not that I can earn. It's impossible to earn his love. You can never earn a gift. And the moment you try to earn a gift, you know what you do? You defile the gift. Somebody gives you, say, a, a present, a great present, and, and you think yourself unworthy of it, you'll try to justify why you shouldn't have it. We all do. And sometimes we try to justify why we're not good enough for the greatest gift of all. But you see, God doesn't see whether we're good enough or not good enough. He sees the fact that every sin that I have ever committed or will ever commit has been placed on his son on the cross. He took it all. And in the Greek, all means all. And he gave us his righteousness. It's a gift. You can't earn it. The best thing you can do with a present is open it, smile, say thank you very much, and try as hard as you can to please the person who gave it to you. True? True. And the best thing you can do with the gift that God has given to us, the gift of his great overwhelming love through his son Jesus, is to thank him. Thank him for the love that he pours out on us. Thank him for all that he has done and is doing in the midst of us. Thank him. You know, sometimes you don't feel the presence of God. We don't always feel the presence of God. And that's the time when we need to be thanking him for his presence, for the gift. Just so, Father, I thank you that you are with us right now. You're with me right now. Your love surrounds me right now. Your love fills me right now. I thank you, Jesus, that you're my great high priest. And because you're my great high priest, you are in heaven right now and you are interceding on my behalf. Not interceding that, oh, God, you know, don't, don't hurt them because they're in the family. He's interceding. He takes our prayers and, and, and he says, well, um, really, we don't need that. We don't need that. And we don't need, oh, that. And he makes sure that our prayers are accepted unto God. But you see, it is up to us to glorify God by accepting his love. And the best way we can do that is to speak about his presence in our lives. I don't mean, oh, well, you know, um, I think God wants me to eat Kellogg's cornflakes this morning instead of rice bubbles. I'm not that sort of thing. It's, Father, I thank you that your word says that you'll never leave me nor forsake me. And because of that, I know that you are with me. I know that you are constantly about me, whether I feel it or not, because my feelings and your feelings, they go up and down like a yo-yo, depending on who said what, 
or who did what. You know, our, our feelings can change in a split second. So we don't go on our feelings. We go on what God says because his word is truth. It is constant. He is the one that never changes. We are the one that changes. And so I, I want to encourage us all this morning. Jesus loves us. I know this because the Bible, not because I feel it, not because I think it, not because I try to psych it up. I know this because the word of God, which is truth, tells me as I open his word and I, and I read through his word, as I read how Jesus went to the cross for me, as I, as I read how he laid his hands on the cripple and, and he became whole, how he touched the leper and leprosy just disappeared. And he wasn't just healed. The leper was made whole. So those stumpy little fingers that had the ends broken off became whole again. His flesh was pink and, and pure and whole and clean. As I read those, I said, thank you that you have done the same for me. You have made me clean. Hear the story of Mary, the prostitute, where Jesus laid his hand on her and, and I believe one story goes that seven times he, he touched her and every time he touched her, something came out of her. And, and the gratefulness, the gratefulness that was in her heart. This is not Mary from Martha and Mary. This is another Mary. And I think how true it is. Every time I read the scripture or I hear a, a sermon about Jesus or a message about Jesus or I read a story about Jesus and, 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 and I come to the part or it comes to the part where where he is moving in the community, healing people, touching people, bringing them alive again, I, I get excited because I know that's what he's doing in me. I might not feel it, but I know it because his word says so. 1 John 4.10 says this, this is love, not that we love him, this is God, but that he loved us and loves us and sent his son as an anointed sacrifice for our sins. So great is his love. So tsunamious, if that's a word, is his love. That his son, Jesus, said, yeah, I'll die for you. I'll not only die for you, I will take all your miry clay, all your garbage, I will take that out of you and I will give you my righteousness. So when the judgment for sin falls, as it must, it'll fall on me and not you. And that's basically what he did for the first three hours on the cross. He was taking all our sin, sickness, disease and garbage all the miry clay he was taking into his body up until 12 o'clock. And at 12 o'clock, the sky turned black. It was almost a physical blackness. You could not see the hand in front of your face. And that was when 
the fiery judgment of God fell on him for all our sins. Could you see, in him was no sin. He did no sin and he knew no sin. There was no sin in him. He didn't have to go to the cross for himself. He went for me. Me, he went for. And it was my sin that he took in. It was my guilt, my shame that he bore. And he bore the judgment on himself so that he could give me his righteousness so that I could walk free of all the guilt, all the shame and all the other garbage that the enemy tries to throw at me. And he still does. He still does. But you see, I have an anchor and that anchor is in Jesus Christ and that anchor is the fact that I know beyond shadow of doubt that he died and rose for me, for me. I was only a young Christian but maybe a few days old when the enemy tried to tell me it was all a load of garbage and I was just kidding myself and I could still go and do the things that I used to do and I believed him. Aha, fool me. Some of the things I used to do, I did again, much to my discredit, but didn't faze God one bit, not one bit, because, you see, he had bought me with a price. The enemy knew it, and all I had to do is know it. And I know it now because I have, well, I've walked with him for over 50 years and I love him dearly, and but nowhere near as much as he loves me. And no one's near as much as he loves you. But you see, I had to convince myself that what the word says is true. I had to convince myself, no one else, me, that I was no longer that person, that I am different, whether I feel it or not. So do I do stupid things sometimes? Just ask my wife, she'll tell you. Wives are great. Temperature takers, they'll tell you when you're messed up. Yeah, I do sometimes. But I don't stay there. I don't wallow in it like I used to. I get up. I brush myself off. I thank God that that sin, whatever it was, has already been forgiven on the cross, was already in Jesus on the cross. And so my forgiveness was already given to me even before the fact, even before it happened. And I walked free, head held high, confident, not in me, but confident in his love. Jesus really does love you. This I know because the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, and we are little ones. We belong because he, we are weak, but he is strong. Remember that. And remember this. You are highly favoured, deeply loved, and greatly blessed. You have a wonderful day, church. You be blessed. Amen. Thank you for listening. And a special thank you to those who give generously to help us continue this ministry. To support us, visit us on the web at www.centrallife.com.au 
or at the PayPal link in the description. To find out more about us, follow us on Facebook and you can also find us on YouTube. We'll see you next time.